I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We are the greatest team of all. We're always on the ball. We play the game as it should be played. Park, Skilled Stadium, fucking GMCA, ABCD, XYZ. Simmons Stadium. Simmons Stadium yeah. this year. Until next year, I think it changes the stupid name. But anyway. What did they change it to? Oh, GMCH. Oh, really? So A, B. GMBH. Something like that. Um, but anyway, it's the Cattery, and it's a happy place to be at the minute. Um, one of the biggest off-seasons by a team I can ever recall. Um, yeah. Just pounding them in, Geelong. But anyway. Yeah, it was- Shocking. Everyone was so surprised. So surprised. Out of the blue, they're off-season. Um, but first off, for Geelong, we'll have a look back at 2015 before we get into their 2016. Um, 2015 finished 10th on 11 wins. So it's not a horrible season, but certainly below what they would have been expecting. Yeah, no one expects... I mean, for so long, Geelong have been more or less lock-ins for finals. Well, since 27, uh, 2007. 07, really? Damn, I thought it was longer than that. There you go. Well, 07 is when they thumped um, uh, Port by 140 million points. It's funny you realise how old you're getting because I still, like, in my memory, when I was looking back at it, I'm thinking, yeah, since Malcolm Blight, like, they've been playing finals (laughs) forever, you know? Almost erased the 2000s. (laughs) Yeah, the start of the decade, yeah. Yeah, so I always forget about those ones. But yeah, I think that as a Geelong supporter, your expectations are finals uh, minimum. So for a team that still had a lot of big names there, for them to bow out how they did was really disappointing. Um, I've got to say one thing on the Geelong media um, and certainly the supporters from what I've seen. They obviously had the anomaly of a game cancelled mid-season with the Phil Walsh tragedy. I didn't see anybody blaming that or claiming, you know, hey, we should get... Or actually, there was a little bit of, you know, we should get double points or both yeah. teams should count as a win. They just went, no, it's a draw, let's move on. Yeah. Um, but most people just went, you know what? That's bigger than the game. Let's yeah. just let's just wear that and yeah. we'll move on. Let's just forget about that Jeez, one. And... You'd have to be a cold-hearted motherfucker to, to make too much noise about that sort of thing. Well, we? let's be honest, they're in football. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there were some Facebook posts um, to that effect, but yeah. it's very easy to, to ignore them. Yeah. Yeah, and easy to do, but I think uh, from memory, I picked them to finish fourth. So um, to finish ninth is a little bit uh, below what I had them as par. Yeah, and especially where they had the opportunities to get that top eight spot in the last three or four rounds, and just didn't capitalise on opportunities that they had, which is unlike that team. It's it's almost the way the team's gone. That if you say their um, their rebuild. Yeah. It hasn't really been let's bottom out. It's yeah. let's just let's keep going. We can we can do this. We can do this. Yep. And it's certainly uh, a Scott brothers uh, mentality of nah, fuck it. We're we're either playing to win a premiership or we're yeah. not fucking playing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's what you've usually come to expect from that uh, Geelong side. And a lot of games just seems like they got tired, ran out of legs towards the end. So I don't know. Unlucky with the injuries at times. Mm, yeah, too. that's true. Mm. That's true. But let's go and have a look at their best wins um, for 2015. Um, and it, I had, to start with, rounds 10 and 11. So back-to-back against Essendon and Port. Yep. Um, Essendon are showing up a bit on our best wins for other teams. Well, yeah, they had a weird year. That had a fucked up year. <laughs> and I mean, Hurley told us to watch this space, and we did. We watched it, and they got yeah. fucked up. Um, the, I mean, the, the thing with both these games was that they had uh, kicked 19 goals 8 and 14 goals 8 in the two games. That's yeah. massively um, accurate. It, yeah. When you've got so many uh, tall targets, um, there are times, especially in the Port game, where they're going forward and you're like, who's going to mark it? Because yeah. somebody's going to mark it, we just don't know who it is. Yeah. And it wasn't always Tom Hawkins either. They found other avenues. Yeah, yeah. Um, and especially against Essendon, to keep them goalless for the first half, that's a that's a good day out. 
and that's good against any professional team. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I mean, you, you always got the bottom dwellers, but they're still professionals. They're still the best of whatever yep. club they came from. So to keep any of the teams goalless for a whole half of of the match is quite incredible. Um, and against Port Adelaide too, who uh, a team that a lot of people said would um, be oh, item grand finalists last year, yeah, threatening for a premiership. Yeah. Well, they had a shit year because sides like Geelong beat Yeah. And I mean, if you ask any of the Port supporters, getting out of of Adelaide Oval with, with a win was you know, almost as difficult as getting out of North Korea. <laughs> but there was a few teams that took it to them this year. Yeah. Um, but I, I just remember watching that um, that game and seeing that, you know, the um, every time the ball went forward, you're like, a Geelong player's going to get this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and especially the way they've recruited the last couple of years, they seem to, anybody over six foot four, they're in love with. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so that they they took them through, but especially for Geelong, a lot of the holes they had were finding a solid ruckman that they could rely on, which uh, is weird because they've got fifteen of them. They well, just keep breaking down. Exactly, yeah. And it seems like Blitzars was a revelation for the Cats. Well, I think it, yeah. you think that might be part of their problem. Like the Cats uh, went a bit pear shaped at times because communication on a football field matters. Yeah, and if you're Trying to call out Blitzars or Blitzar, no one knows who you fucking talk to. Or Collagesny. It was probably round Blitzar. fourteen before they knew what the f- how the fuck to pronounce it. Well, especially when there's Collagesny on another team, yeah. Yeah, Gold Coast, <laughs> yeah, his brother. Would it be great if we had two Collagesnys in the league, unrelated? Yeah. <laughs> like, what fucking really? Um, they're on the big win against the Swannies. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is another win at home. We all love the come from behind, especially at home. But that's a big win over a top four team. Yeah, but I think especially in that game, just the way they won it, where they were two goals down at half time, and the way they won it was by turning the defensive screws in the last half, which yep. against the Swans is very difficult to do. That's what the Swans are famous for doing. Yep. Exactly. For tightening the game, slowing the momentum when they need to, and turning it on to burst in and win the uh, win the game. Yeah. But uh, they out Longmired Longmire. Yeah. And I mean, down two goals at half time, they kept the Swans to two points for the third quarter. It's not a bad effort. Yeah, and they didn't slow down in the fourth either. With, I mean, Joel Selwood again just proved his his worth as a football player. Game number two hundred for him. Yeah, dominated, dominated the last half. Uh, really put the foot down, and he was the reason they got that they got over the line in that game. Uh, but yeah, most impressed by their defensive uh, role there because a lot of times the Cats, it's if you can't block their attack, then you're struggling. Yeah, but they've usually got a couple of stalwarts who they've had down in defence with Harry Taylor and you can play four as well, but. Um, yeah, really impressed with with how they locked down the Swans. They've been very spoilt for key backmen in the last sort of ten to fifteen years. Yeah, Matty Scarlett, um, and, and as Matty Scarlett started to fade out, Lonigan and and Taylor yeah. came into their prime. So, yep. um, absolutely spoilt down back. Um, and their other uh, no, that was their other big win. I'm trying to think of another one they had. Uh, yes, their other big win uh, was Collingwood. Yeah. Um, if I can just remember what round it was in. Uh, was it the Might round six? Round one? six, yeah. It was a round six one, or round 22 was the one they lost. I think that was when Menzel came back. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking, round six. Yeah, um, he, Menzel kicked four? Kicked four and had 20 disposals in his return game. And, you know, brilliant for him. He, he's um, He was out for, I think they had 1,450 days. Yeah, something stupid like that. It oh, was, yeah. That's why you missed the memo that they were trying to get draft picks. Yeah. <laughs> um, they forgot he, they, he was still contracted, yeah. apparently. <laughs> it's amazing as how uh, he could have four knee reconstructions on three different knees yeah. um, <laughs> and, and manage to come back. Um, it, was a, it was a massive game for him. Uh, we're going to look back at it now. I think it was actually in the loss where he, where he scored those goals. But uh, never mind. Um, that's uh, even though that's a bad loss. <laughs> it's a small win. It's a sm- it's a massive win, especially that first goal. We just turned around and bombed it from fifty, and you're like, yeah. oh, you're just so happy. Oh, he's got a kick. Fuck me, he's put it through. Yeah, that's uh, so. Even though they lost that game, I'm calling that one of their wins of the year. Well, you would take it in a, in a otherwise disappointing season. Well, especially in a season where they had so many injuries, to have some guy come back from injury was uh, you know quite a nice come result. back from yeah. about eight injuries. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, stacked injuries. <laughs> so if we look at then the worst losses, um, and I think we start from the top in round one. Uh, yeah. To face the old foe in, in yep. Hawthorne, who they've obviously got mm. a long history with, um, to to get done um, in such comprehensive fashion. Yeah. It really... Uh, well, 
to me, it wasn't just that they got done comprehensively. They got done without a whimper because we we've seen Hawthorne Geelong matches for the last oh, better part of a decade since two thousand and eight. Just yeah. be bloodbaths, and neither team willing to step away. And yeah, it was hard football, intimidating, goes over the line occasionally, but brilliant to watch. And we just saw Geelong kind of go, all right, yeah, and, and that was it. Oh, they were bullied out of the game. They were. They they looked intimidated. They yeah. were unsocialed out of the game, which probably means that uh, Chris Scott did a fucking aneurysm or something. But um, it it wasn't what we expected from him. Well, a lot at of all. times with these contests, it's punch counter punch. Yep. But you just didn't see a reaction or an adjustment from Geelong in that game. And I mean, it could have been I don't know what round was that one. Round one. one. Round one. So it wasn't injuries. It was just coming straight out of the deck um, and uh, not being ready. And they, they looked vulnerable after that. And once yeah. you, if you lose round one so convincingly, you look vulnerable for the first half of the season. Yeah. But to be fair, on a squad that has a few aging stars. Asian stars? Aging. Yeah. Yeah. Aging stars. Aging. Yeah. Not, not from the Far East. Um, <laughs> you find that they uh, won't be sort of pre seasoned into hitting their straps around one. Yeah, but the problem I found is you could say that about Hawthorne too. Yeah, and, that's true. And they just. They, it, I think they're, they're unlucky. They ran into Hawthorne, who were yeah. just ready. Yeah. But it's it's not just that. It's it's not the result. It's the attitude that went along with it. It was yeah. There was if you're getting smashed in round one, at least show some fire. Like you're setting up the tone for your season. You can get beat and get absolute hiding. But the only guy that can hold his head up in my mind was uh, probably Motlop and Bartel. Well, Bartel couldn't hold his head up by the end of the game. Well, that was his problem. Yeah, yeah. He got knocked out in the last two seconds. Um, so. Uh, it was a disappointing start to the season, um, yeah. but uh, at, the, at the end of it, you go, okay, it's the reigning premiers. And, yeah, you know. and I mean, they did back it up at the end of the season, got pumped again by Hawthorne, I think. Uh, they got beaten, but not not by that much. Yeah, but they still got beaten. Um, and I am a Hawthorne supporter, so we, let's let's talk about that one for the next half hour. <laughs> nah. um, the other big loss for the year, the major loss, it, it hurts so much, was yeah. losing at home to Melbourne. Yeah. A team that they once put 30 goals on. And that yeah. was um, Enright's 300th. I think you're right, actually. Yeah, it was his 300th. Which, a brilliant servant of the club. Um, it, it's it's sad for a football fan to see that happen. Absolutely. Yeah. For any player to lose in their 300th, never mind a game that they probably penciled in a 10-goal win. Oh, you'd yeah. have to. And it looked, looked like they broke down in the ruck with um, Reece Stanley. Was he injured for that game? He was out. We didn't play that game, I think, or he was injured in that game. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, Blitzars was rucking. He wasn't playing. Yeah. But Max, yeah, wasn't Maxi, playing. Gorn Maxi Gorn stood up that game yeah. and dominated. So I had very little idea about Max Gorn before that match. Yeah, yeah, me too. You, but, you knew his um, beard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was the game that he just took it apart. Yeah. Like, his hands grew three times the size. Yeah, and you had Viney who held Selwood down really well, did a, a number on him, and without winning the hit-outs, their midfield just couldn't adjust. And, couldn't get a ball. And they weren't accountable for Vince and uh, Jones, who just ran amok. Well, it was those three, Vince, Jones, and Gorn. Like, Gorn getting 44 hit-outs, that's, if you're a, a ruckman, you can hit that's 44. Yeah. That's your day. Yeah. But to throw it in with a you know couple of five tackles, a goal, and a behind. Right. And n- never mind Ten the, kicks. Yeah. Never mind the tackles and the goals. It's the marks. He, yeah, he took, all around the ground. Yeah, and they were in big packs. Yeah. And, and if you're even making an option around the ground as a ruckman you're doing your job because you expect Jones and Vince to be right on his toes and getting the crumbs yeah, yeah and just the fact that they couldn't adjust to losing the hit outs uh, without Selwood being there to sort of show them what to do was concerning for a team that a lot of times pride themselves on their midfield um, to just rub salt into the wounds for that game only four Geelong players had more disposals than Jack Watts damn <laughs> So, and, and the worst thing is, the last quarter, I think uh, Melbourne kicked five goals, one to two goals, six yeah. for Geelong, which really says a lot about the pressure and the accuracy. Uh, you could have had a chance to win and just didn't come across the line, which is uncharacteristic for that team. I'm going to throw up another loss for them, just because I was there for it. Um, round four against North. I went to that game with uh, Geelong, mate, thinking I'm going to have a hard day out here. Because you go down there and it's just... Uh, to say it's a one-sided crowd is to understate it. It's, yeah. it's everyone's Geelong. Uh, every single bastard. I thought I'm going to cop it. Geelong got away to a, a nice little lead in the first quarter, and then North just pegged them back a bit at a time, a bit at a time, until Geelong never looked like they were in the match. Even when they were only a goal behind, it just seemed like they 
weren't worried. Well, a bit like the Melbourne game too. In the last quarter, they kicked uh, three goals seven, three goals five. So they yeah. had plenty of chances and had the ball mm. down forward. Um, but like we said with uh, the Essendon and Port games, how efficient they were in front of goal. It's in these two games how their inefficiency really hurt. Yeah. Well, a big part of that one was Robbie Tarrant wore um, Hawkins. Hawkins like an absolute glove. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was a big year for Robbie Tarrant. He needed a big scalp like that. Um, and it, it showed that he can take on you know one of the best contested marks in the game. Oh, one of the strongest full forwards running around at the moment. Yeah. Um, Grew up in and around dairy farms. I've heard, I heard. that, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for me, that was a, a poor loss just because they should have had North's measure. North were coming off an equally terrible loss to Adelaide in round one, so Geelong would have been over that by then. Just but, quietly, you're looking at the stats, and uh, North had more than double the free kicks, so I'm blaming the umpires. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the kick of the game, but I'm blaming the umpires. Another thing for, for playing down at Cadinia is that the inaccuracy is usually for the away team because yep, of the, the, the... the breeze goes around there, which I think they've, they've remedied this season. They've re-built uh, on a stand, which means the, the breeze they have at one end, which will be that left-to-right breeze, if I remember correctly, won't be a factor anymore. I'll go with it. Um, yeah. I know they've had a lot of work down there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they've put raised the stands or done something. Whatever the work they've done, uh, the breeze won't get in like it used to. So, I don't know. It's always shooting your, shooting yourself in the foot. Taking one of your... Yeah. Home ground advantage. It's almost like, remember hearing the NBA stories about the Boston Garden? Yeah. yeah. They'd always try and trap you in that one corner because a part of the floor was lifted there. Yeah, one of the pieces. Just yeah. a little bit dead. So, they knew that as soon as a player went down there, you just put a trap on. So, you, yep. you, you get them caught in there. It's about knowing those little home court or home ground advantages. Yeah, exactly. And they've almost lost it. It's a bit like cricket, how all the uh, state grounds used to have their own um, uniqueness. Yeah. And yep. it's gone a little bit now. Yeah, so they're dropping all a bit pitches. The same. Yeah, dropping pitches changed a lot. Yeah. Um, so, also on their 2015, who had standout years for the Cats? Um, it's almost automatic to say Joel Selwood, isn't it? Yeah. I and mean, he just does what he does. Yeah. You're, uh, you see, he is brilliant. Don't get me wrong. But I thought. He hasn't had as good a season as he could have had. I mean, he's still he he gone back to back best and fairest. Yeah. Um, but he, I think, was in the top five or six in the betting for the Brownlow. So he's still up there. Yeah. But yeah, he wasn't screaming. It was a bit patchy for mine. Yeah. Yeah, I can go with that. And look, I mean, they lost a lot of players around him that would have diverted attention away from him. So it might have been yeah. a bit easier to shut him, shut him down for well, a lot yeah, of the game. When Bartel went down, that was a, a big issue for them because yeah. they depend on him so much. And he, he's a Super quality player. Yeah. And look, for a lot of time he had Chapman there, which I mean, it wasn't last yeah. season, but year before. Yeah. So, But I think it's also, you're measuring Joel Selwood against Joel Selwood. This is yeah. true. Yeah. So it's one of those ones where you still have, you know, a year that yep. anybody else would envy yeah. in the in yeah. the Cats, but it's it wasn't his best year. No, I only, yeah. I only saw him bleed like three times. Yeah. But he still won the, uh, was it the Car Reeves medal Reeves, or the, yeah. the best affair. So yeah. he's still, I think it was his third or fourth one, second in a row. I mean, the other one's got to be Guthrie. I think he's just kept on going at a very nice yeah, rate. he's done well, um, Played well, done his role. Uh, and picked up uh, a nice little asset mid-season. Was it Cam Guthrie that got, yeah, uh, got Juddy's, Juddy's Guernsey? Juddy's Guernsey, yep. So he's Fucking smart move, that one. Ended up with Ablis Guernsey. You see, Guthrie did well, but for me, as much as I hate to say it, Motlop, to me, had a better season. Inconsistent, though. That's, yeah. that's the thing. He, yeah, but he, he, he averaged brilliant. 22 disposals. Which is really? a pretty damn good return yeah, on a player like him. Actually, yeah. I'd I'd rather he averaged two goals. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because he can be so yeah. damaging up forward. But oh yeah, definitely, absolutely. Um, there are times where he can almost look disinterested. Um, he's a bit like Dennis Rodman. Yeah, I don't know why we're going. We're going with basketball analogies. Yeah, why not? It's because they hire so many fucking six foot yeah. six blokes. And it's because I mean, apparently there's a direct correlation between how good a basketballer is to how good you play. <laughs> what their background so, is. Yeah. I don't say about Motlop. He, he's so talented. It looks like he can't be bothered trying sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that could be it. Like, yeah. um, I mean, we've we've seen that at Carlton with Eddie Betts. It seems like he was kind of just going for a personal highlight reel, and then he went yeah. to Adelaide and was just. Fuck this. My but, highlight reel is for the team too. But at Carlton, yeah. you can understand that because yeah, I, get, I, should, I yeah. get bored yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're in the forward line. You're not getting near it. But um, if his uh, if his work rate lifted, Motlop would be better to watch. But he is the X-Factor player. Um, yeah. when, when you're a sneaky little fucker. When you're desperate for a goal, you're somebody that you can go, you know what, you go down the goal square, yeah. we'll bring Hawkins up the ground. Let's Make just, something happen. Just yeah. one-on-one, like uh, Richmond do with Dusty Martin. Yeah. Um, let's just kick it in his area and see what he can do. 
Yeah. Because we know you can, you know, get those brilliant ones from the boundary line and that kind of shit. So. Well, he's their yeah. X-Factor player and the, every team needs them. Um, he's theirs and he's one of the better ones going around. Absolutely. Yeah. Not the best because you've got still Rioli bumping around, but um, he's, he's very good at it. I also put Josh Caddy down. He's had a couple oh, yeah. of good games. Yeah. He's just yeah. developing nicely. Um, yep. and he's always going to have that little thing on his back where he is their compensation pick for um, <laughs> Gary Ablett. Yeah. Yeah, um, and you know, there's a lot of Geelong fans that haven't given up hope that Ablett will come home one day. Yeah, um, I'll give you a tip; it's not going to happen. Yeah, he ain't coming home. Yeah. <laughs> They're waiting for the next generation yeah. now. They uh, want he, they want him to be a good Catholic boy, okay. have about 27 kids, no pull out game. Yeah, <laughs> um, got married in the off season too. Um, She's probably knocked up already then. So Josh Caddy, I thought he's developing as you would hope. Um, so he's, he's not knocking it out of the park, and he's not going to win a brown load um, this year. Yeah. So. Uh, because I've said it, that means go put some money on it now. You'll get fucking little <laughs> shitted in. Um, but he's doing exactly what you want him to do. Yeah. Um, but, but besides those guys, um, Bliss Siles. Yeah. I thought he, as, as a big man, brilliantly mobile and flashes of absolute talent, which I don't think he can be their one ruck option. Yeah. Well, they're certainly not trying to. They, they no. want him to play ruck rover. Yeah. Which I, you know, a, a goods style sort of thing like taking the taps occasionally but being that mobile smart player he's not not in uh, goods as class because few people are but that role that's what you want him to aim to be yeah and it's a funny thing funny enough kind of random but his head reminds me of the damage meter in Wolfenstein 3D <laughs> yeah oh fuck yes absolutely it is every time I look at it I'm like holy shit this oh, is bringing me back a bit if we could get his uh, is it white eyeballs or red eyeballs when you're in god mode Fuck, I can't remember. White, I believe. It, it, white, I yeah. think it was white. Yeah. If he can get those in like um, fucking contact lenses or something, yeah. just go God mode. You're mood. That would be awesome. Fuck yeah, I never thought of that. That's a great... That's a great I would get the side-by-side comparison. But anyway, work I, on that. I know the, the commentary team love him and they're sort of all excited because he's six foot 12 yeah. um, and can run and obviously has that athletics background. But I still think he needs that little bit of polish. And it, it's coming. Yeah. His 2015 was uh, a damn sight better than his 2014. Yeah, yeah. much. That's yeah. all you can ask for, really. Yep. But he showed up in areas. like We were able to see what his potential is. Yeah. Especially yeah. when he had to as well. Mm. Yep. Um, the other player I think we should keep an eye on, uh, Nakaya Cockatoo. Yeah. Interesting first year for Cockatoo. He, he uh, faded out. He had a, a great preseason from memory. And uh, I remember because I threw him on my Supercoach team and then he just went... So it was your fault. (laughs) Maybe so. Well, if you go back to round one against Hawthorne, I thought he did really well getting himself in the right spot at the right time. Problem was, he was lined up against Sean Burgoyne, who's coming up to 300 games and one of the smartest players in the league. And Sean Burgoyne Mm. was... Every time um, Cockatoo got the ball... Burgoyne was right next to him and just pushed him over, tackled him or whatever. Yeah. Well, that, so he was schooled by an absolute veteran. By a teacher. <laughs> yeah. But he, he had toe on Burgoyne, but Burgoyne knew football oh, better. Yeah, position, yeah. By uh, far. He knew what to do. Um, yeah. But he was still, he was making the right kind of mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So he, he, was he was making mistakes while daring. Yeah, he, he was in the right position. It's just, what do I do next? And um, the guy next to him was just so much quicker of mind yeah oh, you're absolutely and, right he had to think whereas Burgoyne didn't yeah Burgoyne knew what was going and just yeah. read it. and his team was on top too yeah, which, which yeah. helps on the day it does but I, I think it's his first year he's going to develop better yeah um, and I think that um, it might be something that he goes alright that's a big learning lesson you know watch the tape and what did he yeah. do and then he may even model his game after Burgoyne I mean you could do a lot worse oh, yeah. and that's the thing he's getting opportunities in that squad as well because you look at yep. the rest of their team that's sort of one area they look to be improving in is that sort of position player hmm. uh, I just like watching him play I think when he's in full flight he's fantastic to watch he's going to be good he's got to be good he's got huge potential uh, but then we've say, said that about so many AFL players that then fade away. So I honestly think he won't. I think he'll go on and we'll, he'll be a highlight real player. I hope so. Yeah. Um, so let's turn our minds then to 2016. And like we said, one of the biggest off-seasons I can ever remember. Um, let's have a look at the tr- draft, uh, sorry, trade week um, for Geelong where they got the ins. They got uh, Lockie Hanson, uh, so, well, sorry, Lockie Henderson, yeah. uh, North supporter getting very nervous. <laughs> Lockie Henderson, Zach Smith, so they're looking for a bit of extra ruck um, yeah. support there. And another Selwood, Scott Selwood from over the West. Yeah. 
Now, Interesting like, pickup, Scott Selwood. If that's all your pickup, that's solid. Like it's it's not spectacular, but it, you're developing there. Uh, developing uh, Scott Selwood, I think, is a feel good story. I don't know if it's a great pick. They're getting it's enough value, pretty much. I think uh, it was a restricted free agent. Oh, okay. Because um, West Coast had a chance to match it and they yep. neglected and then got the shits with the compensation pick they got. Uh, which I right. thought, they'll say, oh, nah. he's a former best and fairest <laughs> and yeah. our vice captain. He's a great player. I'm like, well, fucking match it then. Yeah, exactly. If you could have had it. unhappy about it, yeah. Fucking whinges. Yeah. Anyway, um, he, but he's not in West Coast best 22. Yeah. And West Coast played off in the grand final. So if you're picking up a, a player that's not in the best 22 at his own club and you're going to play for a, a premiership this year... Yep. I don't know. Yeah, and he's coming off injuries too. He's not... Well, he's a... Career. Always yeah. coming off injuries. Um, I think he's not in their best 22 now, but he definitely has best 22 potential at either Geelong or... GWS. <laughs> it's a value pickup. Like, if he ends up broken and missing the season, well, you could say they haven't really missed out on much. I mean, you're not... Yeah, you're right. You're not risking much. Yeah. yeah. The, the return is great if it works out, and if it's not, you've risked little. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't think they're relying on him for much either. Yeah. No. Um, Lockie, Henderson, uh, Lockie Henderson is also an interesting pick. Another tall player. Yeah. Um, who I thought he has potential. And he can go back and forward yep. at Carlton, but... Um, they've also done the smart thing, and that's getting an ex-Carlton player because we know how good they did yeah. last year. Mm. Yeah. They all smashed it in. Especially I think when you're looking at playing finals. Yeah. Somehow, they've never got a chance to play finals, so you didn't see what they're capable of. <laughs> I think there was four or five ex-Carlton players in the All-Australian squad. Yeah, I think it was about that. Um, including uh, the Coleman medalist and uh, goal of yeah. the year, all yep. ex-Carlton players. Um, so that's th- smart in that sense. Um, and Zach Smith as uh, more in the rucks, who... To say 2015 was disappointing is uh, really reflecting of, of Zach Smith and the Gold Coast. Yeah. He's coming off an injury, but you'd expect it. This is the year he should have been dominant. Yeah, to be honest, you only got reminded of Zach Smith when he got traded. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, he's you're still like, oh, That's right, yeah. He used, to, he used to have potential, didn't he? I had the same thing happen when um, McIntosh retired for Geelong. I thought, fuck, he's still on the side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point, actually, yeah. I don't, I don't think he played more than five minutes of the season. Probably not, yeah. Um, but... Was interesting because in his first one to two years, he was one of the twin towers that Gold Coast were going to build their side around. Yeah, and now him and Charlie Dixon, and then now they're both gone. Yeah, um, and he looked mobile um, uh, for a, for a man his size. He did. He looked really good. And, I think he was coming out of no hell somewhere. Sorry, um, and had a soccer background, which soccer was too. Didn't get mentioned too. enough. Yeah, I was about to say basketball. I was like, hang on, no, it wasn't basketball. Sorry, it was soccer. Because when you look at, like, when you go through the club lists and you look at where they came from, his just says soccer. (laughs) Whatever the club was. Well, you know, Gold Coast had money to throw around to try and entice players from other codes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. That's about it for the ends for Geelong. Yep. No others to mention? No. 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 No, nothing else. I mean, look at this. Their their preseason. No, they're their other fella. What's his name? Oh, yeah, but that, I mean, he just wanted to go home. So yeah, just like Selwood. I, I think he's like home. run the water. Um, I, I think he's just going to take off surfing after round yeah, three. Courage and award, couple fella. So they recruited some uh, some model actress, whatever, from Adelaide, and, yeah. and Paddy Dangerfield came with him. Yeah, came with her. <laughs> um, it's fair to say, uh, fell into their lap, but yeah. at least they paid decent odds for it. Yeah. The, the funniest thing of all, though, is the whole season they're like, will he or won't he? It's like, mate, yeah. if, you, if you're a player of his quality yeah. and you haven't signed, it isn't because Adelaide haven't asked. Exactly. It's, it's very rare. Uh, I'm thinking of all the big-name players who, let's put off talks to the end of the season, have actually stayed. I can only think of Travis Cloak. Yeah. All I, the others are gone. But with Travis Cloak, it could just be because Collingwood handed him a contract with another club's logo stick it on top of it and he signed it without bothering anything else and I mean the Vultures are setting around Jesse Hogan too yeah. <laughs> he's off for the rest of the season as well they fucking should yeah he's contracted for the season after as well though I think. is he? yeah I think yeah. so I thought he put off oh yeah I see what you mean yeah um, but the inclusion of Paddy Dangerfield isn't just how good he is and he is you know top three in the league yeah yep. mm. but it's him next to Selwood yeah they are very similar players yep. now uh, round one um, well you know, any other side that's going against you got one tagger. Yeah. Who do you tag? And you, you've got to you rotate. Have to go to danger, as far as I'm concerned. But and then Joel Silver gets on top. You can yeah. switch it. And look, and their ability to rebound from backline. If you can imagine Bartel finds an open Selwood or an open Dangerfield, you can't. Come- 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cover both of those yep, guys at once. That's it. There's kind of both. both. And Bartels, even though he's uh, towards the end of his career, he's still good enough to find a 40-meter uh, lead from either of those players. Yeah. And they'll beat any other player one-on-one. And I think, as, as far as midfielders go... Both of them can play either getting their own ball in and under the packs, yep. or they can play around the fringe and do well. But mm. I think Selwood does the best work in under the packs, of and does. and Dangerfield does his best work just around it. So you got them two feeding off each other, like fuck. Imagine Don't. what Dangerfield's going to be like when he gets Selwood free kicks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's going to learn how to do the limbo. <laughs> Don't forget, Dangerfield won two or three halftime sprints. Did too. That's right. So yeah, I he's about got that. some toe. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Yeah. His um, explosive power is ridiculous. I tell you what, any team coming up against Geelong this year needs to work on their tackling and, and get it yeah. right. Yeah. Not just mm. because of the free kicks that Selwood earns. Yeah. Um, but to try and hang the one on to it doesn't earn as well. <laughs> <laughs> Two Selwoods in the side. I mean, like we pointed out in that loss to. Uh, North when they had 12 free kicks to 28. That won't happen again. Yep. Yeah. Not with two Selwoods. <laughs> yep. They've had a word down by us. Well, that was the problem. One of them, I saw Scott, uh, sorry, Joel Selwood fall over and none was around him. He was appealing <laughs> for the free kick and no one was there. Yeah. And, uh, Force uh, of habit. It, it uh, makes you look bad. I think he's going to start this season by coming out with the head already taped like the rugby <laughs> players do. Just, you know, cut to the chase. Uh, it's cut, cut off your leg to swipe your face. <laughs> cut off your leg to swipe your face? Fuck yeah, me. we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, the shame is that probably makes sense to some people. Yeah. Not to They'd me. they like, Fucking yeah. Not to me. Um, they're out. So they had a lot of outs, but uh, I don't know if many of them hurt. Um, and no. certainly none of them as big as Dangerfield in. Yeah. So if we go through the outs, Sam Blees, who's pulled a pin. Um, Dean Gore was in a trade. Stevie J, they delisted. Yeah. Um, he was the only one I thought might stay if they backed the contract up with a coaching role. Well, uh, he's been very vocal that he wants a coaching role. Um, well, yeah, and that was a big part of it. To be honest, I think if you're wanting a coaching role, going up to GWS is a better move. But yeah. he wanted to play one more season but too. It's kind of concerning that if you're a legend at club and you wanted a coaching role, they've just gone, no, nah, actually, well, not quite coaching I, material. I think they could have given him a coaching. The they could have given him a coaching role, but he wanted to well, play. Well, Never mind that. We had the uh, the old laptops falling off its stand. Um, so that was a little bit of a crash, but we decided to leave it in there because it's funny. Uh, we talked about Stevie J and his coaching. So I think he's been very vocal. Like we said, he wants to coach after football. Yeah. Um, but the problem was he wanted to play one more year. Yeah, his yeah. timeline didn't quite match up. Like, I've been critical of Stevie J in the last couple of years because he can do those miracle passes, but he tends to try for the miracle pass too often. Yeah. But having said that, around goal, I mean, he's still valuable, no matter yeah, where he is. Definitely. And his nab challenge game for GWS kicked a goal with his first kick. You can see he still has that goal sense there. Yeah. Um, seeing him in the rooms after the, their last win in the final round, um, even as a Hawthorne supporter who enjoys seeing Geelong lose, like that was still hard to take. Mm. Yeah. And obviously, it I, hurt. He's an absolute competitor. No, his worst critic would not doubt that at all. He's a bastard of a competitor. Wants to win. He'll do anything to win. Yeah. Uh, and I'd, that's what you want. He'd cheat at heads or tails. I'm convinced of it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, absolutely. Good. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, uh, and Stevie J, I mean, they also retired James Kelly, who came out of retired, oh, uh, right, yeah. out of retirement. Um, Stokes, who I, I love, who retired, um, or, you know, semi-forced retired. And then when he signs up as an Essendon for a top-up player, so here you go, mate, you got one more year. He's like, yeah, I'm still Geelong, man. Yeah. <laughs> Essendon Guernsey. Yeah, still Geelong. Good good lad. Um, McIntosh, like you said, who finally succumbed to his injuries. Well, they 
they picked him up for nothing, I guess, but... It's he's just more he's, tools going down for him. He's one of those guys that, if, if it worked, he was the solution they needed. A, a mobile ruckman who could not dominate a game, but could own a game. Yeah. Um, but he would just never fit. It's unfortunate. I, th- I don't think he played any games this year, or he might have played I one. Think he, I don't know if he finished one. Yeah. Um, he, he suited up, and I think he had maybe two. But in, in 2014, I think there was a couple of games against Hawthorne where David Hale just schooled him. And David Hale's not a dominant ruckman by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. No. Um, he's a fair to middling. And when a fair to middling's making you look bad, it's yep. time to you know reassess your visits to the physio. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, he did, and he's gone. Yeah. They lost uh, also Jared Rivers, Brad Hartman, James Tui. Tui's yeah. a, a rookie who... I don't uh, know if he even played. No, he sort of just got left behind, really. Um but uh, Jared Rivers is uh, a tough one too. Um, I thought he was an absolute great player that they picked up from Melbourne for again for nothing, who turned into more than handy. Yeah, did he, did he get on the outer with Stokes for some dodge off field? Oh, Stokes did years ago, but I'm not sure if Rivers was there yeah. when that happened. And what was the story with him sort of dropping out? Stokes? Yeah, no, uh, no, Rivers. Rivers uh, retired. He's retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, yeah I mean. I thought he was never going to be, you know, in the leadership group, but he seemed to be able to hold his He's own. He's a great player. He was very part, handy so. down back. Yeah. Um, uh, Josh Walker, who they traded out, um, he's shown a little bit of um, form from time to time. Uh, yeah. But again, he, he was almost used as a pinch ruckman when he's undersized yeah. for a team that recruited lots and lots of ruckmen. Yeah. Um, but uh, and uh, Dawson Simpson, who um, they said farewell to, thanks to free agency, who. Um, especially with the more tools that they've recruited in, is just yeah. looking surplus to needs. Yeah. Um, so I don't think they put up much of a fight when he went to the free agency table. No. I mean, I think they said we'll we'll pay him minimum. They said we're not going to match it. <laughs> they said, uh, I want to go somewhere else. Fair yep. enough, mate. Yep. You still here? <laughs> we cleaned your locker out already. <laughs> but overall, brilliant uh, trades they made. Um, capped off with Dangerfield, but... They'd have had the best trade period of any team. Oh, by far. By far. And even if you take Dangerfield out of it, they still plugged holes that they had. Yep. So. And got rid of a little bit of dead wood and probably managed to trade off Stevie J while he still had value. Yeah. Um, their draft day um, was a little bit light on because they used so many draft picks in getting those uh, trades across the line. Yeah. Um, so they've all got late picks, but they got uh, Ryan uh, Gordo, uh, Sam Magola, who came with a little bit of buzz, even though he was deep in the draft. Yeah. Um, the best name running around. Speaking of buzz. Almost cult hero status before he's even walked in the door, Wiley Buzzer. The coyote. Yeah, the buzzer. <laughs> he's got to be the coyote. I want him to be the coyote. Yeah, he's got to turn out to be like a Ballantyne type or something, just buzzing around, being an annoying little fucker. I, I can't wait till he shaves his hair for charity in five years' time, because that's what's going to happen eventually. <laughs> um, and Matthew Habel, who is not nearly as interesting sounding as Wiley Buzzer. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of had the show stolen off him. Um, so that's uh, not, not a bad little draft um, from them, but like we said, they started way late in the draft. Yeah, um, yeah, because they used all their top picks to get um, some fucker named Dangerfield, and still came out ahead, <laughs> way ahead. Uh, so let's look at 2016 then, and their double ups for the year with their draw. Um, you got to say, uh, finishing tenth, then getting Dangerfield puts Geelong in a great position. Yeah, um, yep. and their double ups from the year: are Adelaide, the Bulldogs, GWS, Brisbane, and Essendon. Jesus, Brisbane and Essendon is a nice little boost. Yeah, even GWS. Is that what you well, said? GWS, yeah, it's yeah, G- pretty good. They should do good against GWS, but GWS are going to be better than they were last year. That's true, but if you're going to play uh, like away games that you need to win, you're not so disappointed playing GWS, GWS because you're going exactly. out to, to Blacktown or wherever they're playing these days. Yeah, in Blacktown. So it's a good little sort of uh, primer to get yourself pumped up for the, the major away games. You've got to go across to, uh, I think you've got to Adelaide twice. Yep, I believe. So Adelaide twice. It's, yeah. it's a fair draw. Yeah. Um, to. The double up games against Essendon or Brisbane, look, anything under 10 goals is a disappointment. Yeah. Well, the important part of that is to both uh, the second legs on those are both in the final four rounds. Um, so there's, there's some nice yeah. either percentage boosters late or, yeah. you know what, uh, Joel, you have a rest this week. Yeah. So, you know, it, we do expect it to be pretty tight around the sixth to 10th bracket, which I think is where Geelong will be. 
that can be a massive boost in that late part of the season. Yeah, I agree. I think they start out pretty decent too. I think they got Hawks in round one. Yep. Then they, if memory serves me right, while you bring up the fixture, I'm pretty sure they've got a few easy games. Well, they got their first leg of their through their double ups in uh, rounds two, three, and four in yeah, so GWS, got, Brisbane, Essendon. Yeah, and then they take on who have they got? Port, Port Adelaide Oval, the first one away, which um, I think will be the first real test because you got Hawks and like they got shellacked in 2015 that'll be I think our first real test then you've got a couple of what you would call easy ones to get your win-loss record under control before you you start getting into panic mode we're talking big games in 2016 you're right round one against Hawthorne um, is a massive one it'll be the first time for Dangerfield in uh, Geelong Colours it's on Easter Monday so it's 80,000 at the MCG and especially considering how um, poor the effort was last year yeah, we could see a massive turnaround here, and I think it's a great time to get Hawthorne too. Yeah, um, their NAB challenge has been woeful, and yeah. it would not surprise me at all if Geelong come out and uh, come out of the blocks and have a big lead by quarter time. Yeah, and you'd hope to see a lot of the Geelong faithful coming uh, across the bridge for this match. What, really, just to watch Dangerfield's first game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck me, I think there's some people lined up now, and especially being optimistic facing the Hawks as well, round one. You'd hope to see an, an even crowd at the MCG, which is tough because you know the Hawks get out there in numbers, especially uh, against Geelong. Well, it's a Geelong home game too, so big big tickets for oh, them. No shit. Um, and I think this is the first year since 2008 where they don't play Hawthorne twice. Ah, really? So um, it's been a long time since that's happened, but you know, you finish uh, 10th like they did, that's what happens. Yeah, and that's always a good thing, isn't it? Um, the other big game you alluded to was round eight against the Crows. Um, so yeah. the first time they play Adelaide is over at Adelaide Oval. Yep. Um, be very interesting to see what kind of reception um, Paddy, yeah. Paddy gets. And I think it kind of makes it a bit easier that they play Port, I think, three weeks earlier than that. Okay. So they have the first one across Adelaide Oval. And it doesn't matter if it's Port or Adelaide, he's still going to get booed just because he's in Adelaide. <laughs> Do you reckon Port supporters might cheer Dangerfield, though, just because it'll shit Adelaide supporters? I think Adelaide supporters will buy tickets just so they can boo Dangerfield, <laughs> so... I'm going to say yes to both of those. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of uh, show and fraud down at uh, Albert and Oval. Uh, yeah. Well, the interesting part of that, if uh, Dangerfield gets booed, two weeks prior, the Suns are down at uh, Skilled Stadium. I, I can't see Geelong fans still wanting to boo Ablett. I well, think, did they, they ever? Well, some of them had a bit of a crack at it, did they? Once they did. Really? See, they, they never did when Ablett first came back to Gold Coast because for starters, he's a premiership player and a Brownlow medalist for him. Yeah. And they come back, you know, and Gold Coast are getting thumped. They're like, oh, Gazza. Yeah. Oh, remember, remember when you kicked that goal in front of the grandstand? Yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, you used to do that for us. Like, you used God to do that for damn us. It. It's yeah. like seeing an ex-girlfriend that lost weight. Um, but <laughs> Got a boob job. <laughs> there was a, uh, either, it wasn't last year, so it must have been 2014, where it was like that at the start. They're like, oh, Gazza, geez, you're such a good player still. Yeah. I wish you'd come home. And then Gold Coast looked like winning. And yep. they're like, you know what, you little cunt. Yeah, fuck. You little bald-headed <laughs> maggot. You ungrateful fucker. And then uh, Geelong kicked away, and they're like, oh, no, nah, you're all right. Yeah. I think that's when he kicked the goal, actually, just after yeah. that. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Exactly. So I remember seeing, it was the Geelong Twitter handle. It was like, God damn it, Gazza, you yeah. used to do that for us. <laughs> but uh, it's been a few years now. Although I yeah. think there's a lot more Gaz love in Geelong than there was Dangerfield love in Adelaide. And that's that's a, a big statement, but I think it's fair. Jesus, yeah, that is a big that's statement. That's a big statement, yeah. Um, I'll definitely say there is now. Yep, for <laughs> sure. Um, I wonder if, uh, during the off-season, if Geelong had the choice, you can have Gary Ablett back yep. or Paddy Dangerfield, who'd they choose? Ablett, <laughs> surely. Yeah. See, I, I'd pick Dangerfield on age, but... I think there's a lot that go, you know what, Ablett's still the best. Yeah, yeah. I'd still pick Ablett. Just one more game. One more game in the blue and white. That's what they want to see. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, an Ablett down at Geelong is always a, a crowd pleaser, isn't it? Even if he puts in his contract, you've got to take Nathan again as well. <laughs> it's <laughs> worth it. Hey, they're taking Joel Selwood with Scott. Yeah, yeah. What's the difference? <laughs> All in the family. Just like a good Geelong team. Um so, big years. Who, who's in for a big year for Geelong? Um, and let's say Dangerfield Selwood is a given because they're yeah. in for a big year every year. Yeah. Well, um, 
already had a quick chat about Cockatoo. I'm hoping he's in for a big year, just because it'll make watching football better. Second yeah. year blues are a real thing, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it'd be interesting to see how he bounces back. I, I think he's so quick, he had his second year blues halfway through the season, though. Not a bad effort for him, then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Zach Smith, if you're looking at, at him to hold yeah, up yeah. the ruck with Blitzarves, and um, you saw how they got dominated by Melbourne when they yeah. were losing tap-outs and you hold down Selwood. Obviously, you've got Dangerfield there now, which makes it a bit more difficult. Well, Vardy's looking okay. Uh, if he can keep healthy as well, he'll well, chip in there. Well, that's the thing is that why well, I think it's going to be... Obviously, they've doubled down on tall stocks because they were pretty uh, unreliable. <laughs> so it's, it's really... When you look at... I mean, we're not there yet, but the chopping block, I think it's yeah. going to be big men who are going to be on the chopping block because you're looking to solidify who you're really going to keep around going into the future. So I think Vardy and Zach Smith will be fighting for similar spots, but just the age and malleability of Smith might get him over the line towards Vardy. Plus, they picked up another youngster in um, Tom Reed, who's only 20 years old, okay. looking at being a ruckman as well. So you've got a, people that you can develop. You want to really solidify your top two ruckmen, yep. have the other ones you know, really making the case for uh, a five-year plan. Well, you mentioned Blitzars, and I think he's one they need to step up as well. Um they need options out of him. Yeah. Well, uh, he's, he's done, done all right. Yeah. He, he had a breakout year in 2015, but i got to admit, I'm one of the people that wasn't totally convinced by him. But yeah. if he can improve again, yeah, then you go, okay, now yeah. you've got you know a, a all-Australian caliber player. Well, it's the around-the-ground yeah. stuff that you yeah. want to see from him. It, it, the days of a, a Ruckman tapping and then standing in the middle and waiting for it to come back again are well and truly over. Yeah. You put him in the same category almost as like a Nick Natanui. But Nick do, Nick Nat does more ruck work than you want Blissavs to do. Yeah, I think probably more like Ivan Marich, where he had a breakout year doing more than what he should have been capable of. Yeah, but still showed a little, uh, a lot of holes in his game, which I think could have been experienced and things like that. And Marich had a breakout year, held down the same sort of role the year yep. after. Didn't really go up a, a notch, but had a few injuries. So you look at Blissavs to, yeah. Um, if I'd, what he isn't capable of, you look at the other one stepping up and filling those yes. gaps. I'd say you want him to develop into a player, a ruckman that you can trust to kick the ball. Yeah. Yep. Those are yeah. few and far between. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I've also got a, a, a mixed one here of uh, Josh Caddy or Mitch Duncan. Uh, one yeah. of them to step up and be an, a, a leader in that yep. group. Because you've had you know Stevie J, James Kelly, um, and, and a few others, you know, Chapman, Hunt, in the last yeah. couple of years, yep. uh, leave. So you're looking for those next stalwarts to come yeah. in. Yep. Um, these guys have been developing well. Yeah. It's up to one of them to really go, right, this is mine now. Yeah. And I think with the addition of Dangerfield in there, you've got the right leadership to maybe put uh, Guthrie in that category of yep. five-year plan being the one man in that team. And, and the heartbreak there is, I, w- I would have also said Thurgood. Yeah, um, who yeah. went down on the weekend? You know, yep. so his uh, his season's finished before it's even started. Yep. Um, chopping block. Then you uh, foretold this one. I did. I went to Vardy first, and not because of talent, just because they've. It's almost like they've overstacked the ruck department, just hoping that uh, people will step up. Yeah, or, and, or not get injured, like yeah. yourself and Macintosh last year. Yeah, and that's it. Vardy coming off uh, injuries, and with the uh, acquisition of Smith and recruiting of Tom Reed, it looks like that would be the better way for them to go. So he'll have to really earn his spot going in the future, I think. Um, another one I had, which, I mean, with Thurgood going down, might might not be as bad, but um, Billy Smets who I thought he's had good years but just injuries have really yeah. held him down and with the sort of rise of Guthrie and those players he, he might just looking at spots that are disappearing before him yep. so the time it takes him to get back and really get his confidence again might just be enough for them to go well you're not really in, in the where we're going forward what have you done for me lately yeah and, and it's not that he's a very talented player don't get me wrong and so even if they don't look at going with him uh, in the future, you could definitely trade him in to fill in the holes that you've got in your team and get good value for him. Yeah, because he's definitely got the skill. I think he's a first round draft pick, wasn't he? For my money, pretty sure. Yeah, for my money, it's Harry Taylor on the chopping block. Yeah, yeah, a pretty ordinary season, and with uh, you know a, a stacked midfield coming through, I just uh, I don't think they're going to have a lot of room for him. Yeah, he New doesn't play Backman. midfield though. Yeah. He's keep a bit. He's been running, backman. Yeah, he'd be running through the midfield a bit. Mm. He's been switching in. Yeah, I don't recall that much. He's a great floating across the back. Um, takes a lot of big uh, intercept marks. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I I tell you what, if he's on the chopping block, if he's on the trade table next year, there's 17 clubs that are going to line up. Yeah. Well, you know how he, good he is. He's been dropping down. 
Um, looking at stats, obviously, his best season was 2013. But uh, since then, he's decreased in just about everything. Yeah, he's 112 years old too, though. He's 30. <laughs> he's coming 30. But, um, yeah, he's the one that um, I think doesn't have to justify his spot. But um, He's a negating backman, though. And that's what he does. There's been some games where he'd have 10 touches, but he's uh, dominated who he's played on. And that's what you really want from Harry. Yeah. Yeah. But, he... uh, but he is, he's a bit like, uh, only because we were watching the USC on the weekend, he is one of the hardest working lazy footballers there are. Yeah. He, he looks like he's never trying, Yeah, but he's always moving. Yeah. It looks like he's just reacting, not uh, sort of interacting, if that makes sense. Yeah. If but, he had but he's not. He's very of, smart. Yeah. If he had an ounce of anger in him, geez, yeah. he'd be dangerous. Yeah. Maybe the chopping block's a bit harsh, but saying they need more from him. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. He didn't give them value for what he can do in 2015 for mine. Yeah. And he can do more. And he, he is willing to work hard to make that happen. Yeah. Um, I, if we're going harsh on the chopping block, I've put Jimmy Bartel down, which is extremely harsh, but yeah, only because harsh. I want him to retire before he gets another head knock. Yeah, that's mm. true, actually. Um, the, the way things have been going the last couple of years, and we've actually had yep. players retire early, you know, in their early 20s because of head knocks. Yeah. When he went down in round one last year, I was like, you know, that's done. I don't yep. want to see you play anymore. Because yeah. Jimmy Bartel's my favorite player out of Geelong. Yeah. Um, and in the you know in the last couple of years, we also had uh, Jono Brown when yeah. he got um, another big yeah. head knock. And you're like, Jono, stop. Yeah. I don't want to see you play. They've had three too many already. Yeah. Um, Jimmy's almost in that... Um, uh, yeah. ballpark already yep. I, I love how they've um, moved him he only plays 10-20% of the time in the midfield now yep. he's, he's like that uh, like Shane Crawford yeah. at the end of his career he's playing that um, backline general and yeah. doing the thinking for yep. the young players yep. um, I just don't want to see him hit yeah, um, exactly. he, he's too good too good to go down that path and he's not scared enough to pull himself <laughs> out of those contests you know yeah. what I mean he doesn't have a backward step in him and he seems like a good bloke Seems yeah, like a top he does, yeah, yeah. Decent cricketer too, by all accounts. Really? Loves his cricket in the yeah. off-season. Um, and because we're doing harsh chopping blocks, I put uh, Mitch Clark down as well. See, I was actually thinking about that one too. Uh, we, we know about his other off-field issues, but he's also had a lot of injuries, yep. um, even at uh, Melbourne before he came yeah. over to Geelong. And now he's had another one pre-season. Yep. I think, is it a calf? Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think probably. he's a calf or a back, one or the other. Something, yeah. So he's out for another month or so. Yeah. So that means it's not only a month of football he's not playing, it's yep. then a couple more weeks to get up to speed, yeah. and a couple of weeks to get into the game again. Yeah, Jeez, it's a tough ask. Yeah, and that's one thing where you get a lot of players who are going out with mental health issues, which I'm not against at all because obviously get it's a men- right. mental health situation, but having that time off really allows your body to heal and recuperate that you don't really get from an AFL career because yeah. you're, you're playing for you know 23 weeks plus finals if you're going to play finals. And you only get well, maybe a month and a half, two months off, and then you're back into pre-seasons. Yep. You really don't have enough time for your body to recuperate properly. So that time away from the game, I think, can be a positive if you make it a positive. The problem with him, though, the time away from the game also lets fuckwits on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Twitter. yeah. I saw that. That's just... Uh, I, In a way, I'm, it, it is good to see that you bring that out to the public and say, yeah. look, this is what happens. These are the idiots out well, there. Yeah. At Probably. the same time, he doesn't deserve a, a, not even a acknowledgement that it happened almost yeah. but it's yeah. hard that yeah. just line we'll clarify for anyone that didn't see it someone sent a picture of um, Mitch Clark to him with a poorly drawn Snapchat style noose around the neck which fuck that, that that's just it's, why the fuck would you do that it's just a prank bro yeah. no like, fuck you fuck off it was yeah um, but to be honest yeah it acknowledged but fucking hell I just yeah it doesn't even feel nice talking about it I'm the same way I'm not sure it's almost like feeding the trolls. Yeah. Where, you know they're fuckwets online, full stop. And what can the, you do? The fact that you give them a little bit of recognition sort of encourages the rest of them. Yeah. Like, all right, yeah, but, it's like 4chan. But I'd, you're right, but I'd almost rather make that statement because otherwise you're allowing that standard to perpetuate. This is true. This but, is true. Uh, that's why there's, there's no right way of handling it. I'm exactly. so on the fence on yeah, that. Like, I'm yeah. like, there is no hope for you as a human being. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, I don't want to acknowledge. But anyway. Um, so, oh, it's, one other little thing I'll flag, interesting stat, uh, 2015, Geelong ranked last for stoppages, which is not what you expect from that team. Yeah. No. Um, That's true. But, you know, Dangerfield obviously coming is going to help that, but I think a big part of that was their ruck. I, yeah. you, I, yeah. I don't know what the record is for turnaround from year to year on your ranking in stoppages, but adding Dangerfield could set that record. <laughs> yeah. They could, could go from 18th help. to 1st, 2nd, 3rd. Well, yeah. 
and having a ruckman that's gonna you know is gonna be there next week and not be injured. Yeah, yeah. That, and, and a backup one just in case he is. Yeah. <laughs> well, they've always had the ruckman, the backup, and the the just in case. Yeah. The problem is they all got injured. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> it's almost like the. San Francisco running back situation. <laughs> it would not surprise me at least if Jared Hayne became a ruckman for too long. It would be surprised if he became a witch doctor. <laughs> Where have we got him then? What's the the be-all and end-all for uh, Geelong in 2016? I'm pretty sure I've got him fourth. Um, knocking the Hawks out of top four, which I think might happen anyway. It's a matter of who's going to slot in there. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic with Geelong's chances. I think them finishing outside the eight was a little bit of an anomaly. A little bit to do with injuries and... Maybe just maybe just a downturn from after a lot of success and a late season draw against St Kilda. Yeah, yeah, that true. hurt them. Yep. Yeah. Despite my earlier sixth to tenth uh, prediction, I've got them finishing second. So, well, yeah, uh, <laughs> still not as bad as our Swans podcast where we've slammed them for best part of an hour and then gone, all right, yep, finishing second. <laughs> Said that yeah, they were ordinary last year, finished fourth. They're finishing there again. <laughs> Um, look, I'm the same. I picked him to finish second. Uh, and it's not it's not just because they got Paddy Dangerfield in. It's a big part of it. It's because they got Paddy Dangerfield and Joel Selwood together. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's the sum of the parts type of thing. Yeah. Um, on top of that, their draw is very generous because they finished 10th. Yeah. To get double up games against Essendon and Brisbane. Yeah. And the way they finish off too. And, yep. And right now they do a fantastic mix of old heads, premiership players, smart players, and some exciting young talent. Well, yeah. Dangerfield's in the peak of his career. I mean, he's yep. coming off a best and fairest season. Yep. And going by pre-season, which isn't a whole lot, but still, he hasn't missed a beat. No. He's jumped, put on the put on the hoops and just hit the ground running. He's a super talented guy who works his ass off. I mean, shit, you'd love to have 40 of those guys. Yeah. In the other danger teams you think of for the year being, let's say, West Coast, Frio, Port, Hawthorne, they haven't got any double-ups against them. Yeah. So... Uh, a bit like it could be like the Sydney Swans last year, where Sydney Swans finished fourth, and when we went and did their um, preview, we're like, yeah. "Who are their big wins against?" They didn't really they yeah. challenged on the year, yeah. So they almost fell ass backwards into fourth yeah. just on their draw, yeah. Um, and having a baseline of talent. You mentioned Frio being um, one of their danger teams, but I think they match up very well against Frio oh, because Frio have always had the wood over them. Yeah. I, I think this is going to change because Frio doesn't score quickly. Um, Geelong haven't scored quickly in 2015, but with the addition of Dangerfield and you know Bartel down the back, I think that's going to change. I think we're going to see a lot, uh, a much better ability for Geelong to stack on the goals in a short period of time, which I think could hassle Freo. Well, definitely, got, especially if they're going to have a better opportunity at first use of the ball out of the middle. And that's definitely mm. a, a possibility. And like you said, we got Tommy Hawkins down front, you got Motlop run around the feet. Yeah, these things can blow out pretty quickly. Yeah, their shit stoppages works into Frio's game plan because Frio's kick along the line and we've got sand yeah. yeah, that uh, that's something they've always loved to play. But their stoppages will improve because it has to. It will be very interesting when they play Frio because uh, before you had Fife versus um, Selwood. Yep. Yeah. Now, if you remember from last year, Frio Adelaide, you had Fife yeah. versus Dangerfield going head to head. Whole how much game. It- for a whole game and yeah. how spectacular it oh, was. Shit, yes. yeah. Now you got Selwood next to him. Yeah. Like, um, if they decide to make somebody into their new tagger, because yeah. Ryan Crowley's not there, yep. like, you've, you've got to spend half and half of your yeah. time. Yep. Um, having said that, I've picked them to play Frio in the grand final. So if they are, have got the ascendancy over Frio, it could be a, a big times for them. Yeah. Well, if, uh, if it's them versus Frio in the grand final, my money's in Geelong. Yep, there you go. Geelong Premiers. <laughs> I think it's a real chance. Yeah. Uh, um, that uh, That's how much of a difference um, somebody like Paddy Dangerfield could be. Mm. Yep. However, if he goes down, you know, heaven oh. forbid, if he goes down in round one with a knee, I mean, that's just horrible. And it yep. ter- could turn everything around for him. There you have it. Paddy Dangerfield, down with a knee. <laughs> <laughs> Premiers down with a knee. Pick either one. But let's just, for argument's sake, say that Geelong do finish around 10th. Is there pressure on Scott? Yep. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> Fuck, yeah, there is. I, I don't know what his contract's like, and I've got a feeling he's already signed an extension. But with this list and the way that they've recruited... Coaches' contracts mean bullshit anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the way they've recruited without trying to bottom out, with you know staying there and around the mark, yeah. and got the biggest name that was available. Yep. You know, and One mortgage, of the biggest names in the league. Mortgage draft picks to get him. Uh, anything below fourth is a disappointment, especially with their draw. Yeah. Uh, yep. well, finals is a must. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's deep not in the finals. Yeah, winning finals. I said anything below fourth is yeah. not good enough. Yeah, um, 
But uh, if they finish 10th again and 11 wins, I'd say you've got to say, mate, you've got to have a very good fucking explanation for what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So we (laughs) we call a prelim a pass mark, but just. Yes, absolutely. They're looking for uh, grand finals. That's where they should be looking for. I think that's fair. Yep. And that's why I picked him to finish uh, second on the ladder. Yep. Um, and I might actually upgrade that to first yeah. on, on percentage. Feeling generous. Yeah, feeling generous. <laughs> we'll, I'll tell you what, we'll know where they're at in round one. Yeah. If, if they yep. put a hurting on the Hawks, watch out. Yeah. If, if they're 4-0, going to look dangerous. If, if they 1-0, they're going to be 4-0. If they lose in round one to the Hawks like they did last year, put a line through them. Yeah. It's all wow. done by round one. Well, all right. there you go. Have fun with that, cats. All right. <laughs> Good luck. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 